Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to Midweek Online. My name is Corey O'Neill. I'm on staff here at New Beginnings. I'm on the creative team and God put an awesome word on my heart and I am so hyped to share it with you. I'm not even so excited. Like that's, that word is 2020, you know, cause we were so excited for 2020, but 2020 is over, thank God. So I am so hyped for 2021 and for this word that I'm about to share with you guys today. So I want to first start off with a story about my personal life. Uh, not too personal, but my wife and I like to watch TV shows. And so I don't know if anybody else does this, but I like to, having, ha having already watched a TV show, I like to introduce it to somebody else who hasn't watched it and kind of like live it again vicariously through their eyes. You guys know what I'm saying? If, uh, if you're watching this and if you know what I'm saying, please type amen in the chat so I don't feel like the only nutcase in this church, okay? So I did that for a show that I saw, a show called 24. And my wife hadn't seen it, so we got married and I, I wanted to watch this show again. I wasn't just gonna watch it again by myself because uh, that would just feel lonely. So I figured I'd, I'd introduce it to her. So we're watching this show and you know we watch one of the seasons and then we're on like season two. And then in season two, like, I think like a villain came back that was in season one. It was like a big moment. It was like a big surprise. And this big moment happens. And I'm like, I'm like looking at her to see if to get her reaction so I can live it vicariously through her. Right. Because that's what we do sometimes when we're crazy. And she was like, yeah, uh, I actually kind of knew that was going to happen already. And I'm like what do you mean you already knew that was gonna happen? You didn't see the show. I saw the show, I knew that was gonna happen. And then she's like, well, I already read the show. And I'm like, what do you mean you read the show? Who reads the show? You don't read the show, you watch the show to enjoy it. Why are you going on Wikipedia? Like, that's crazy. And so I thought about that and I think God sometimes gives us the spoilers. God gives us the spoilers in our life. He might not give us all the details, all the plot lines, the exact way they're gonna go when, when, it's, when a new season is on the way. He doesn't give us all the spoilers, but he, but he gives us just enough so that we're not totally taken by surprise. And so that reminded me a lot of what happens in the book of Joshua in chapter one which is the key scripture that, that we're going to be looking at today in Joshua chapter one, uh, verses one to five. And um, a little bit of a, a brief background of jo Joshua chapter one, the, the people of Israel had come out of uh, slavery in Egypt, okay? Uh, they had entered a covenant with God and they, were, they wandered around the wilderness for 40 years and Honestly, it's really because of their disobedience. They really needed that, that wandering in the wilderness for 40 years to kind of get them prepared uh, for this new season that they're, they're, they're about to walk into, uh, which takes place in Joshua chapter one. Um, Moses, the man who God used to uh, lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, he used Moses to do uh, miraculous things like parting the Red Sea and... and um, you know, making water uh, appear out of, out of a rock. And, and Moses was their leader, this is Moses. 
um, Moses dies. And then in Joshua chapter one, now, now Joshua, who was Moses' assistant, gets installed as, as the, the new Moses. You know, he's, he's no longer assistant to the regional manager. Uh, if, if you get that reference, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pray for you. But um, so they're at the edge of the Jordan River and they're about to cross into uh, this, this promised land that God had promised his people many, many years ago. And, you know, just like the Israelites are about to enter into this, this new land, you know, it's a lot like us right now. We're at the end of 2020. We're at the edge of the Jordan River. We're about to cross over into 2021. You know, we don't know what exactly we're crossing into. And so God is giving Joshua the, the spoilers of the next season. And so Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place <clears throat> that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now I read the scripture, and right off the back, I, I think about a term that we use called the good old days. You ever hear about someone talk about the good old days? You know, you get, you get together with a couple of friends and I don't know, maybe a couple of friends from college and you, you had graduated many, many years ago, but then you get together, you reunite and you're like, man, those were the good old days where we used to, whatever, sit around and eat dominoes and watch TV, you know, the good old days. And, you know, for, for the most part, the good old days is a time that had ended years ago. You, usually, usually, right? Like, like the good old days is like a, a long time ago. Uh, usually when you hear somebody talk about that. I don't know something interesting that I've been thinking about. And um, I think we, we can all agree when I say this, that today, right now, when someone talks about the good old days, like the good old days ended in March, right? Think about it. The way that we lived life, the way we lived life in the, in, uh, up until the first two weeks of March, right? Just about, is really not the same as the way that we live life today. And so, I mean, th this has affected me. This has affected everybody. I, I don't know a single person who just hasn't affected in some way uh, and, and in some ways more drastic than others. And so I want to today talk to two groups who, because of the fact that we're not in the good old days, because of um, just this, this crazy year, you, you might be in one of these two groups. Maybe you are frustrated and 
you just want life to go back to normal. You're frustrated at the, the inconveniences and you just, you're just longing for life to go back to, to how it was pre-pandemic. You might be in that category and or you might be in a little bit of a deeper problem. You might be in despair because of what happened this year. And you may find yourself kind of wanting to give up. And you might be discouraged about going into 2021. And so, you know, the good old days of Moses leading the nation, the nation of Israel, that had passed. And, and just like that, the good old days of life before the pre the, the good old days of life pre-pandemic, that has passed also. But I'm not worried and I'm not discouraged. And the reason why is because I already read the show. I already have an idea of what the next season is gonna be like. Do I have the plot line? Do I, do I know all the details? Absolutely not. But we're gonna see in the word of God how we can get that encouragement because he gives us the quote unquote spoilers. And really what's gonna happen in the next season is that God is gonna be with us and he's gonna fight for us. And honestly, the rest of the show goes like this. We win, amen? Type in the chat, amen. So the big idea of my message, and I wanna read this verbatim, uh, the Bible says that followers of Christ are more than conquerors, right? That, that is a term that, that is found in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, in Romans 8.37, that Paul writes that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. But I don't know if you notice this, but life still tries to conquer us. And then this can discourage us when it's time to launch out into something new. Well, God wants you to know that your best days are not behind you. You could be more than a conqueror, even when life seems like it's conquering you. But it's going to take, it's going to require you to take some actions. So my message is going to be this. Five things that more than conquerors do when, it, when they're about to start, in, start a new season. So number one, and we're, we're going to find these five things in Joshua chapter one, verse five. We're going to go back into that scripture. We're going to find five things that more than conquerors do before a new season, before the year 2021. So back into Joshua one, verse one. And I, I love this. When I, when I read this um, a few weeks ago, this really jumped out at me, the, the, these verses. And I, and I pray that it would jump out of you as well as I read it. Joshua one, verse one and, and, and two, two A. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So what's with the number one, the first thing that more than conquerors do when launching into a new season is this. They face the facts. The first thing that God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. Okay, and this wasn't news to Joshua. It's not like God was like revealing this to him for the first time. Like Joshua knew that. <clears throat> but God 
begins his charge to the newly installed leader of Israel by declaring the facts, by declaring that the good old days are over. <clears throat> I think that if we long for what God is doing, or if we long for what God has done in the past, we'll miss what he's going to do in the future. We need to face the facts. We need to face the facts that we are not going back to life as if the pandemic had never happened. Sometimes God is going to talk to us like this. Jesus said in John chapter 14 that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Sometimes he's going to come at us with the hard truth like this. God wanted Joshua to think forward. Because if, if, our, if our minds aren't moving forward, then our entire lives are going to move backwards. You know, I, I would love for life to go back to the way it was. I would love, because look, 2020, all right? Chris Armandi's sitting behind the camera right now. He and I, Chris and I, have had to, and I'm not complaining, this is not a complaint. We've been living our church services this whole year in three different dimensions. Okay, let me, let me explain that, because we're both video guys. And 2020 has been the year where video guys in, in, in church have been, um, really had our, our faith tested and really had to, like, really double up, triple up our workload. Uh, because everything moved on, on, on video. So we would shoot hosting, worship, and the message live. And then we would go our, on our computers and, and edit hosting, worship, and the message. And then we would go home on Sunday and watching our TVs with our family, hosting, worship, and the message. Not complaining, but it's like after a while, it's like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so... I just sometimes think like, man, like I, I, just, I miss those days where it's like we had this, this big packed room and it's like no, no one's like, you know, anxious and, um, you, you know, it's like as if all this stuff in 2020 never happened. Like, I, you know, I get a little bit frustrated sometimes, but I got to face the facts. I can't long for the good old days. I like the scripture in Ecclesiastes 710. This is good. It says, do not say... Why were the good old days, or why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions, right? It is not wise for us to long to go back to the good old days because we're going to miss what God wants to do in the future. <clears throat> you know, memories, it's not bad, excuse me. It's not a bad thing to remember the great things that God did in the past. And it's not a bad thing to remember the victories but they're supposed to prepare us for what's next. They're not supposed to keep us stuck. I love this quote by uh, Corey Ten Boom. She says, memories are the key not to the past, but to the future. And so that reminds me of this conversation that Jesus was having in the gospels uh, with some of the Jewish people. Uh, and this, and uh, this is in John chapter six. This takes place 1400 years plus after um, after the events of uh, the, the Exodus and after the, the events of uh, Joshua, they still had their minds stuck on the miraculous things. You, you may have heard, you may know this already, but the, uh, you know, the manna in the wilderness, the bread that God miraculously provided for them. They, he, God provided food for them in the wilderness, in the desert, um, just out of nowhere. And they still, but and then back fast forward into the gospels, they still have their minds stu stuck on that, 
awesome thing that God did for them, but they, they longed to go back to those days. They said in, in John chapter 6, it's 34 and 35 and verse 40. They said to him, Lord, give us his bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And, and then verse 40, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees his son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So what's he saying? These people that Jesus is talking to, they had their, their minds so stuck on, on, on the manna, the bread from heaven, is what they call that, that bread that that uh, Moses gave them in the, in, the, in the wilderness after the exodus, after they left Egypt. This was the big thing. But that memory wasn't supposed to keep them stuck in that, in that thing that happened in the past. It was supposed to prepare them for what God was going to do later on. That he was going to, he's the bread. And that whoever believes in his son will have that everlasting life. That, that memory was not supposed to be a key to the past but a key to the future, like Corey Ten Boom says. So that long, that life that we long to go back, that life that we long to go back to, is it possible that maybe God is using it to prepare you for what He's doing next? The wedding photos in our in our apartment in, at, uh, at home, our wedding photos are not there uh, so that I can just be like, man, I wish we can go back to day one of of our marriage when things were a lot simple. No. Those wedding photos are supposed to be hanging up in our apartment so that when marriage does get tough, when I am tempted to say something unkind to my wife, I can look to those pictures of that amazing day where I said my vows to her and they can remind me and they, and they, and they can, um, those pictures, those memories can help me in how I will be a, a good husband to my wife. Those, those memories are for the future. So if we long for what God did in the past, you'll miss what he's doing in the future. And cl you know, closure is often the starting point of revelation. That, that's kind of the other thing that we see here in this first verse. He says, after, after the death of Moses, that's, that's when God starts speaking to Joshua about this next season. And I, and I point that out because I think a lot of times there, there are just certain things that God just will not speak to us or reveal to us about what's ahead until a certain season has come to its close or, or has run its course. Uh, type amen if, if, if you have that experience, if you know what I'm talking about. You know why? Maybe God waited until the death of Moses to start speaking to Joshua about the promised land. Maybe God waited uh, so that Joshua can hear these things from God about the promised land and, and not have anybody else to lean on other than God. I mean, think about it. I mean, if Joshua, if God was having this conversation with Joshua while Moses was still alive, it, it might not have been a good thing for Joshua's leadership. It might have tempted Joshua to kind of like uh, rely on Moses more and not so much on God. And Joshua had to learn how to become a man who, who depended on God. And we, we, need to be, we need to learn how to become people who depend on God and, and who, whose ears are in tune to the Holy Spirit. 
Think back to the times when you wanted answers or results from God, but you didn't get them until much later on. I mean, really, think about that and, and ask yourself, had I gotten the answer, had I gotten the revelation or the answered prayer on my timeline when I wanted it, is it possible that maybe I would have screwed it up? Is it possible that maybe that would have been the wrong time if God started moving my life when I wanted, to, wanted him to? Is it possible that maybe right now a season has to close before I could start getting revelation for, the, for what's up ahead? So, that, so face the facts, that's that the first thing that more than conquerors do when going into a new season. They face the facts. Number two, thing that, that more than conquerors do when going into a new season, expect the shift. Joshua uh, 1, verse 2, 2b. Now, therefore, arise, go over to Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. God's power won't show up in stagnation. See, there... The Israelites didn't wander in the wilderness for 40 years. God, God didn't lead them out of Egypt and take them on this journey just so they can camp out at the Jordan and just stay there and just hang out. They, they were on a mission. And God told them, arise, go over this Jordan. God does not want us to stagnate. It's just the definition of stagnation, the state of not flowing or moving. That is actually perfect in this context about the Jordan River. Because if you think about it, and if you look at a map, the Jordan River, the water in the Jordan River, it looks good because it's coming from the Sea of Galilee, which is putting water into it, which is giving. The Sea of Galilee is not stagnating. The Sea of Galilee flows into the Jordan River. But then at some point, that water starts to look not so good because it's going into the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is stagnating. That's why he called the Dead Sea, because where there's stagnation, there's death. Where there's stagnation, we don't see God's power show up. We just see death. And so isn't that a perfect illustration? Now, I'm so, perf I'm so grateful uh, that we have a church that doesn't stagnate. Because if you think about it, if you go on, on our YouTube, New Beginnings Church YouTube, uh, March, what is it, March 15th, right? That, that, was, that was the last um, service, like live service that we had where it was like normal life. And then go a few days later, March 19th, right? Because th that, that was the weekend, March 15th, that like, that was like the last weekend of like normal life in America. By Thursday, March 19th, we had a midweek of, a pre-recorded midweek on healing. And then go look a few days later, on March 22nd, we had our first pre-recorded weekend service. It was called Freedom of Fear, Freedom from Fear. And every week since then, we haven't skipped a beat. We, we really adapted to this church online thing. We, we really adapted to this new, new normal. We didn't stagnate, and God's power showed up because of it. Type amen and type, uh, I am grateful if, you, uh, if you've been following us this year. we sensed that maybe the shutdown wasn't gonna be just a couple of, maybe, maybe we were gonna to have to do something new. 
maybe the way that we were doing things uh, before wasn't going to work anymore. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of a conversation that Jesus was having in John, uh, with a woman in John chapter, one, chapter 4. He was having a conversation with his woman at a well, and somehow they got off into talking about, like, religion and, like, worship and stuff. And, you know, she's like, uh, you know, because she's a Samaritan and Jesus is a Jew, and she goes, you know, you Jews, you know, you're, you, know you're, you guys worship at the temple, and you, you guys think you, you are doing it right, and, you know, but we worship on the mountain, you know, we're doing it right. And so Jesus is, like, saying the same thing. He's like, believe me. This is in John 4, 21. Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in, Jer in Jerusalem. So a time is coming when the way that you're doing things just won't work anymore. I think that's really what, I think that's the heart of, of kind of what he's saying. The, the way that we can't get caught up in, in the method. We can't get caught up in, in what might have worked before. So is God telling you about a shift? Is God speaking to you about a shift in, in maybe routines, a shift in your career, a shift in strategy, uh, a shift in the kind of relationships that we have, maybe a, um, I'll, I'll tell you about this quick shift in, in, in my life that started happening uh, this year. The very last day of 2019, God spoke to me about a shift that was going to happen in my life. And it really had to do with like my obsessive consumption of news media. And he basically told me that like, this is going to be the year, 2020 is going to be the year that you're, you're stop going to, you're going to stop letting politics drive your happiness. And you're going to, you're going to get off of the, the obsessive consumption of all this political media stuff. And I'm thinking, ah, that can't be God. Um, Lo and behold, the pandemic hits a few months later, and I cannot stand to listen to any news. I had to get off of it. And then I realized, wow, my head is a lot clearer when, when I'm not allowing politics to drive my happiness, when I'm not allowing the news media to, to just like take up all the room in my head. You know, because in Colossians 3, it says to set our mind on things above, not set our mind on things on the earth. It's not that we shouldn't stay updated. But I realized that I was really being obsessive. And so a shift had to take place in my life. And I, was, I, I welcomed it. Can, can we welcome the shifts that God wants to do in our lives? I needed to welcome that shift because 2020 was not a year where I, I, I could afford to have my head all cluttered up. And so we welcome the shifts. We welcome the shifts that God wants to do in our lives. The world needs somebody who's not afraid of what is on the other side of the Jordan. That's the other thing that I get from this verse. See, there is land on the other side of that Jordan River that they needed to go and take, that promised land. And for us in the New Testament, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, that land, our, our land on the other side of our uh, Jordan River is people. The people that God wants to reach through my life and through your life. See, our, our promised land is not exactly like what kind of cool job am I going to have? What kind of, you know, the, the marriage and like all these great things like the American dream, like, and God is not opposed to that stuff. But our, 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 our lie, th those things are not the object of our lives. Those things are actually a means to an end. And that end 
really is how, how can I be light to people? That's, that's what our land is. That's the promised land. The promised land, the land is dark because the people who don't know Christ, they're living in darkness and we're the ones with the light and we need to cross over to the other side and let our light shine, let that light of Christ shine so that, so that they can experience freedom. So, you know, one of the things that we say a lot this year is particularly is we're going to make it to the other side. Right? You hear that when we talk about the, the disciples and, and Jesus, when Jesus was sleeping on the boat and the disciples are freaking out. And this year, a lot of times we've been saying, Pastor Joe's been saying a lot, we're making it to the other side. Let's not forget who's on the other side. Because in that story, in, 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 the, in the Gospels, when the, when the disciples uh, hit the storm on the boat and Jesus caught in a storm, remember, on the, on, if you continue reading <clears throat> in, that, in that story, on the other side is, is a demon-possessed man that Jesus needed to get to. And so on, on the other side of our land are, are people that, that are in darkness. So number three, number three, that thing that more, more than conquerors do when going into a new season. Number one, face the facts. Number two, expect a shift. Number three, own the promise. Joshua 1, verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. 2020 really has taken a lot from a lot of us. And so I think we can sometimes fall into the, the trap of discouragement and not expect to receive anything in 2021 because of what many of us have lost in 2020. But I want to say this to you, that last season's loss will work out in next season's game. Okay, last season's loss may seem final. You know, it's a lot like this land that they are, are entering in Joshua 1. If you think about it, this land was actually kind of taken from them. Because God had promised them this land like many, many years ago. He promised it to Abraham. And then his descendants end up in Egypt through some unfortunate circumstances with, with a famine. And then they end up staying in Egypt uh, when Pharaoh decides that they're not going to let him go and keep them there as slaves. So, that while, so while, they're, while these people are slaves in Egypt, these other people are living in this land, in, in, in their land. They're living in... in land that doesn't belong to them, these, these other people, right, that uh, they're in the land, they're, they're about to take this land that was kind of taken from them. But God says, I'm giving it back. I'm, no, I'm giving it to you. And the cool thing about this because God, we, we, we serve a God that works things out for our good. So while this land was taken from them many years ago, it kind of worked out for their good because when the Israelites get there, they're living in wells that they didn't dig and, and living in houses that they didn't build. Now there's a scripture in Romans chapter 8. Again, Romans chapter 8, 828. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. 
So it all worked out for them. It all worked out. They get, they get to the promised land and, and they have this, this whole land. They have these houses that they didn't build and they're living in these wells that they didn't dig. So all, all of those years of um, having to deal with slavery and, and the hardship, it worked out. But that raises the question, how come sometimes I don't see this everything works together thing going on in my life? How come I don't see God working all things for my good? Well, maybe ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, is, is it possible that maybe God has been working all things together for your good, but you just haven't been able to see it? And is it possible that maybe you've allowed your heart to become so hardened that you're preventing God's process of restoration in your life after some tough times that you might have gone through this year. You know, I think the battle, really, the real battle is in our belief. It's in our perspective. Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You know, it reminds me of like, like in, if you watch like a war movie or some kind of like, um, or, or even like 24, like I was mentioned before, um, which is like a law enforcement show, kind of. They'll, you'll hear things like um, they'll, they'll speak to operatives or officers, like take take this position, take flank position, whatever. Um, you know, but in the Christian life, in, in this battle, in our war, right? We don't take physical positions. We, we take perspectives, and so the perspective that we need to take in every battle that we're in is this: it's already done. It's already won. Everything that God's already going, that God wants to do in my life, I already have it. Do I see it in the physical? Do I see it in the natural? No. But I'm going to spend my life drawing out what God's already done for me. I'm, I'm going to live from victory. I'm not going to live for victory. Believe that you have everything that you need. Second Peter, Second Peter, verse one, chapter. Second uh, Peter one, verse three, it says, "By His divine power." God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Okay, that was the, the position that God wanted his people to take. He said, I've already given you the land. Well, wait a second. You already gave me the land, but we got to go and take it. Yeah, that's the Christian life. We're already taking what God has given us. And it's up to us to take ownership of the promise. It's up to us to own the promise. What, what are some practical things? You can ask God for direction. Uh, and then take the action based on what he, he speaks to you and then just keep speaking victory over your life. So we own the promise. That is number three. N number, number one, we face the facts. Number, number two, uh, we expect the shifts. The, we expect the shift. Number three, we own the promise. And number four, thing that more than conquerors do when launching into a new season, is that they define the victory, right? Define the victory. Joshua 1, verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, and as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Right? So like God's starting to get specific about the land. Right? He's not just, now he's not just saying like, 
going to give you this land. No, no, he's getting specific now. See, God is not opposed to you getting specific with him about your life. Do you have goals? Do you have certain things that you want to accomplish? I want to say this to you right now. Don't just see victory. Don't just see general victory. See victories, plural, okay? Because sometimes it's not enough to, to just believe for victory. Sometimes we've got to get specific with God. Sometimes we really got to declare specific things. And God is not opposed to that. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we have, ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. So if we're asking for something that is in His will for us to have, and then we know that, that He desires for us to have this, we can ask Him for it. We could bring it to Him in prayer. We can speak to Him about that specific thing, whatever it is. See, your, your imagination is powerful. Imagine yourself having that thing. Imagine yourself walking into that thing in, in, in 2021, whether it's maybe you're launching off into grad school or something or, or some kind of level of education, maybe launching off into a new kind of career, starting a business, whatever it might be. See yourself walking in that victory and getting specific about it. It's like the, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter five. You know, she said, if I just touch his clothes, then I'll be healed, right? She had that picture of her being healed. And you know the rest of the story. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering after she went and touched the, the bottom of his clothes. So she pictured it first. So we don't just see victory, we see victories. Another thing about this verse is, and I kind of noticed this, when I read it for the first time a few weeks ago, he says that the wilderness is part of their, their territory. The wilderness is going to be part of their promised land. That made me think of this. What if the wildernesses that we walk through in life, right? Because that's kind of like a, a known phrase that we use a lot in Christian life, the wilderness. And that, that's kind of like describing a, time of our lives that is a little bit frustrating. Maybe we were impatient with God, maybe a time where we think that God might have forgotten about us because the Israelites, the Israelites certainly felt that way about God when they were walking through their wilderness for 40 years, dealing with that impatience. And honestly, 2020 has felt like one long wilderness, at least for me. I don't know if it has for you. Type amen in the chat if, if you are just so happy you're done with the wilderness of 2020. But um, what if there's purpose in the wilderness that we walk through? You know that phrase, missing the forest for the trees? You ever hear that phrase? You know, and that's kind of used to describe like when, when you don't understand or, or appreciate uh, a larger picture of something because you're, you're only considering like the, the small chapter that you can that you can only see. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You ever hear that missing the forest for the trees? Well, well, sometimes I think we miss the promise for the wilderness. Sometimes, I, and I think we've missed the the, will, the promise of what 2021 holds for the wilderness of 2020. In Deuteronomy chapter eight, 
God is giving them kind of like a why behind the wilderness that they were walking through. He said, he said, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness for 40 years to humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep, you would, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you in manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So I, I am not one to say that God caused the events of, of 2020. I believe with my, all my heart that 2020 is, is a result of the devil. But like we said before, God makes all things work together. And sometimes there is purpose in, in the wildernesses that we walk through. And what, what is that purpose? Well, it's, it's our faith is tested. And our faith needs to get tested because it's, it's our faith and that, that light that's going to shine in our, in our hearts for everybody else to see that's going to bring, that's going to attract people to you. See, there, there will always be these wildernesses, these seasons that we walk through when our faith is tested. See it as an opportunity for the gospel to advance. It's like Paul when he was in chains for the gospel. That, that, that's, a, that's in Philippians chapter 1. When Paul was in, was in prison, he says in, in Philippians 1.12, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So he said, it's actually, has actually. Right? Can, can, we, can we have a has actually in some of the things that we go through? Can, can we change our interpretation of some of the things that we go through? Because I think that's really the thing that we can always change. We can't always change the situation, but we can always change our interpretation of what we go through. Do you have a has actually? Because some of the things that I've had to deal with in 2020, I know have served to advance the gospel. How do I know that? Because I am not who I was back in January. I, I look at how, what I was like in January, be like, wow, I can't believe I thought like that. I can't believe I was like that. You know, God's been doing a, a, a work in my heart this year. Um, and, and if he has done a work in your heart this year, type amen in the chat. So 2020 was one long wilderness. No, he, God did not cause it, but he used it sometimes to see what's in our heart. And hopefully in our heart is full of faith because we got a lot of friends and family whose hearts are full of fear and they need people like us with full of faith because those are the people on the other side of the Jordan River. So the five things that, that more than conquerors do, number one, they face the facts. Number two, they expect the shift. Number three, they own the promise. Number four, they define the victory. And number five, thing that more than conquerors do when launching into a new season or wrapping it up they embrace the season more than conquerors embrace the season whatever season that they're in in joshua chapter 1 verse 5 he says no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as i was with moses so i'll be with you i will not leave you nor forsake you this, this is my favorite part about, about this whole thing. I think about this year and a lot of like freedoms have been challenged this year. What, what, what I mean by that, like, like freedoms at the grocery store, freedoms at church, freedoms at work, freedoms when it comes to school, freedoms when it comes to restaurants or, or family gatherings and stuff like that. 
right? A lot of that stuff, and isn't that really the concern a lot of times is freedom? Like if, you're, if, if I'm discouraged about going into 21, isn't it really because of a concern of, of, of freedom? Am, am, I, am I really gonna be free from some of those bondages in my soul? Because honestly, that's the real freedom, freedom in my soul. Isn't that always the real concern? But followers of Christ don't have to worry about not having freedom in their souls. Followers of Christ, for us, if that's you, if you're a follower of Christ, freedom in your soul, that restoration in your soul does not have to be this far off thing that maybe someday I'll have. That is available to you. I'm not saying the process is always going to be easy or quick, but that freedom in your soul, it's always available to you. And God always makes a way for you to have it. God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We, we could think about times before 2020, times before certain season, or like, you could pinpoint a season where it was like, man, like I was really walking in freedom. I was really like, like on my game in one season, right? When things were normal. But God says this, God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You know what I would say? As God was with you when things were normal, so will he will be with you when things in the new normal. I'm gonna say that again. As God was with you in the, new, in the normal, so he will be with you in the new normal. He's with you wherever you go. See, that means freedom is following us. That, that's what I want, want to take from this verse is that freedom is following me. Type in the chat right now, freedom is following me. I want you to, to declare that right now. Freedom is following me. Here's a cool scripture about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is a spirit, and when where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. See, this is what I'm talking about. True freedom doesn't have to be this thing that's far away. You can tap into it right now. You can initiate that process of having that freedom and not, not letting it slip away from you where you can never attain it again. Okay, because the spirit of the Lord is in you. So you can embrace any season that you're in because it will always be a season of freedom if you will allow it to be. So how do I tap into that freedom? Follow him. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, that, that's where freedom is. Okay, so I, I, gotta, I gotta go where the spirit is leading me if, if I really wanna experience like that, that freedom in my soul. So, that, you know, cause there, there's freedom from, from like the devil. Like there, there's, there's the freedom that Christ purchased for us on the cross. So now I, I have freedom from sin. Like, then there's like the, the freedom from my own insane thoughts, freedom from our own uh, just crazy judgments. We need freedom from that too. We, we got we to gotta follow him. We got we to gotta follow the way that where he wants to take us. So freedom is following me if we'll follow him. Another thing that I want to take from that verse is not only is freedom following me in 2021, but transformation is waiting for me. See, what good is freedom in one season if it doesn't prepare me to have freedom in the next season? See, notice... In verse five, how God says to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you 
all the days of your life. Notice how he said all the days of our lives. Not, not just some of the days. Not just some of the days in one season and then that's it. He said all the days of our lives in every season. See, I, I can embrace every season because not only is, is freedom following me, but because transformation is waiting for me. Those are two really good reasons to embrace every season. So what if, what if the real prize at the end of every season is the transformation needed for the next? Like I was saying before, the quarry in January, I feel like it's a different, I feel like it's a completely different person, the quarry from this past January, and, and when compared to where I'm at now in, in my faith. How about you? So continuing on in that, in that scripture in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 18 now. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we can embrace every, every season that, we, that we're in because we know that whatever we go through, no matter what life looks like, there will be some transformation that's going to take place in our lives. And, and shouldn't we want that? Shouldn't we want to get better? Shouldn't we want to grow? So that, that always encourages me. Every time I'm going through something that I'd rather not go through, that, that where I, I wouldn't choose to go through it. And 2020 has been full of, of those kinds of things, of situations where I, I would choose not to go through. And I, I'm sure you can say the same too. But you can be encouraged and you can embrace every season that you're in because you know that transformation is gonna, follow, is gonna be waiting for you and that freedom is gonna be following you. So a quick review. Number one, we face the facts. Number two, we expect a shift. Number three, we own the promise. Number four, we define the victory. And number five, we embrace this season. Those are five things that more than conquerors are gonna do when launching into a new season, right? And all this is great. And I hope this has been blessing you, but I, I need to wrap it up with this one last thing. Because if I don't, then I, I feel like this kind of falls apart if I don't mention this one last thing. We'll miss it completely if this one thing is missing in our lives. And that's love. See, th this part of the message that I'm gonna get into, I didn't, I didn't have this a couple of weeks ago. I was supposed to give this, I was supposed to preach this a few weeks ago and just, it didn't work out. So I'm, I'm now, now I'm doing it this week. And that worked out way better because just a few days ago, I realized I have to end on love because we start in Romans 8.37 that we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. See, but that love that caused us to be more than conquerors, conquer over the devil, over sin and death. That love is supposed to flow through us. What good is knowing these five things if we're not going to walk in love? If we're not going to walk in love, we're going we're to stay conquered. I know that's hard to hear, but that's something that I personally have had to learn time and time again this year. I really had to learn that the hard way. I'm glad I learned that the hard way before I was, I'd be able to share it for you guys, to, uh, with you guys. We need to let that love that Christ loved us with flow through us or we will remain conquered. Last week, God told me that love is going to be my word for 2021. You know how we have like words for 2021 or words for a year sometimes, some people? I never had that until 
now. I, I've never had like a word be, be the guiding thing in, in a year until uh, now, for now for 2021. That, that's personally going to be my word. I'm not saying it's the word for new beginnings. I'm not saying it has to be word, your word, but that, that's going to be my word. I think it needs to be personally. Um, and when, when the Lord told me that love is going to be my word for 2021, he took me to 1 John chapter 4, in verse 16. And I'm wrapping up with this. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. I'm going to read that again. God is love. If you ever want to know who God is, the answer is, yeah, like it's Jesus, but even deeper, God is love. And he says, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So it's like, if the spirit of the Lord is freedom, and if the Lord is love, then technically I could say love freed me, right? But if I want to stay free, I got to love others. Loving, love freed you and loving others will keep you free. And that, that's how we walk in 2021 as more than conquerors, not conquering over people, but taking that land, that promised land in 2021, reaching those people who are behind the walls of Jericho in 2021, who are waiting for somebody who has the truth, who are waiting for somebody who has the light. That person is you. You have what it takes. You have the spirit of God. You have that empowering on the inside of you to reach people, to make God known, to have Christ be magnified in your life so that people who don't know him can experience that freedom and that abundant life that you yourself have experienced. So I hope and I pray that this blessed you. I pray that this has stirred some things up in you. I pray that, that, that God has been speaking to you and that he continues to speak to you about your 2021, about what he wants to do in your life up ahead. And uh, before we close out, I, I just wanna pray for you really quick. Thank you, Lord, for every single person who is listening to the sound of my voice. Thank you that you know the plans that you have for us, plans for good and not for evil, plans to give us a future and a hope. Father God, thank you for every single person that, that is listening to this, that you are downloading things into their hearts, that you are giving them strategies, you are speaking to them about certain shifts that need to be um, need to take place either in their careers or in their any other areas of their lives, Lord. Thank you that you empower them to take the land in 2021 and to be an ambassador of Christ for those who don't know him. Thank you for the process of restoration that you are initiating in, in, in some of the people that are listening to this right now who have just had just a, a hard year. Lord, I speak peace and restoration into their souls right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. Uh, I hope I didn't go too long. And um, you have a blessed and wonderful night.